if nothing else, the Tuesday, April 14th, 2020, Cortez Virtual Community Meeting may be remembered for its bloopers. The first 23 minutes were not broadcast over the radio because of an unexpected technical difficulty. Consequently, for this broadcast, I relied on a behind-the-scenes recording that was never intended to be made public. The meeting started out with Regional Director Noba Anderson making the usual updates. Well, welcome, everybody. I would invite you all to turn on your video if you would like to, just for the first couple moments here so we can all say hello, and then I'll offer a few um, pretty high-level simple updates, and then we can get into the discussion. Hello, Bertha and Karen and Claudia and Andy and Bill and Roy and Cease and Christine, or is it just Christine? Just you, Chris, Maureen, and those are the faces I see. And then I see Russ, Lella, Linda, Howie, Desta, Yasmina, Basil, and Bernice by name only. Hello, Basil. Good to see you. Can I break in for a minute, Nova? Yeah, welcome, Howie. Yeah. I'm having trouble getting this on the radio, and I okay. don't know why. So, um, but to let you know, I'm not really here. <laughs> so are you at the radio station? I'm at the radio station. I'm doing what I thought we did. Okay. And I'm not getting it out. I'd offer to help, but I uh, couldn't be of any use. Yeah. <laughs> If, if Aton joins a meeting, uh, maybe he could help, but because I, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Mm. Yeah, we're we're all on a steep learning curve here. All right, we'll let's know how if you figure it out. Um, all right, well, thanks for sticking with us, getting bumped out and coming back in. So we're a smaller group um, than before. So I've got a few, as I said, just a few simple updates. I don't think there's any new faces, or maybe Yasmina, but most of you have been here the last couple of weeks, so I won't go into great eloquent detail. Chris, I think maybe this is your first time. Welcome. Um, and uh, <clears throat> But I, I do really, again, want to invite your comments or suggestions around how to make this platform more useful to the community, either to a broader group of people. This is a pretty small, dedicated group that keeps showing up or um, in different times or different spaces or different ways. I, I did get a call from Desta with her family support coordinator hat on saying that if there were parents that showed up here, maybe they wanted to have a discussion on this particular topic, but in a group of parents. So also really happy to have discussions at different times or with different groups, but really need uh, your feedback to do that as best we can. So by way of just a few simple updates, so I'll let you think on that um, while I offer you a few updates. The clinic, um, Ellen just sent me a note saying that, she, that Dr. Ellen Anderson saying she had another Zoom call, so she wasn't able to join us, um, but she gave me a very brief update to share, and that's uh, the message was, is we're still seeing people for medical care virtually, either on the phone or video link, and we are seeing people in person when necessary after we speak to them by the phone, and we are seeing anyone with respiratory symptoms outside in the car and working on improving capacity around that. Everyone needs to assume COVID-19 is on the island, 
and that it uh, can indeed be spread by folks who have no symptoms whatsoever or are pre-symptomatic. That means physical distancing, good hand hygiene, mask wearing in public remains important for everyone for the foreseeable future. So that's our update from the clinic. <clears throat> um, just by way of a, a brief update with regards to the system navigation piece, the CCHA, the Health Association, and the Southern Cortez Community Association are still in dialogue, those two organizations, trying to figure out the best way of doing the systems navigation component. Um, Sean Koopman with the emergency program at the regional district is in that mix and has drafted a, a bit of a sort of a funding proposal that could go into the emergency management BC funding pot. Um, and so between those two community boards, they're just trying to figure out um, which would be the best convener. Uh, Sean has suggested, and I, I don't want to give a a whole lot of detail because it's the board's purview, but Sean has suggested that um, to really have a gold standard, it wouldn't be somebody just on the end of a phone and email, but it would, it would all be also some in-person capacity where by appointment you could come into a room that had appropriate physical distancing with two computers and somebody could, um, the, you know, the paid coordinator navigator person could assist somebody who didn't have a computer or for whatever reason needed assistance on the two computers with a bit of a sh shared screen capacity. So I think that's what's being worked toward. Um, and it, <clears throat> I have every indication that that will come into place in, in the near future, but details still working their way through there. Uh, from the community economic development group, I got a note here from Adam McKenty, who's on the board and who's joined us on previous calls that uh, he has approval from the CETA board to take on the needs and offers platform. So that online space uh, that is kind of like, like Tideline has been doing, you know, I have something for sale or something for offer or need something, but in a way that doesn't just scroll down and that perhaps has different sections to it so that those needs and offers remain until such time as they've been met and can be taken down. So it's a, so it's a more interactive space. So, CETA will be looking at taking on that, and I think I need to host a conversation between a few different folks to just see how that can best land in an inter-organizational way. Um, I have had some conversations over the last couple of weeks, and I've, I've not wanted to maybe report out uh, prematurely, but I don't know what's premature and what's not these days, but some conversations with um, Charmaine Enns, who's the medical health officer with VHOF for the North Island, around testing. Um, I'm not in any way suggesting that Cortez get some special treatment. Uh, I understand that tests are still being reserved primarily for healthcare workers and, you know, people who are truly symptomatic and, and uh, frail and need them. And that's fair. Uh, but just today, I got a note from her saying that the, I guess the BC health regs are now saying that anybody who is, um, has a worsening cough or significant symptoms in a rural and remote community also now qualifies for testing. Um, so we may well see more tests available here on Cortez. And I've also let Charmaine know that um, they're considering rolling out uh, community-wide testing in some specific rural, remote, Indigenous communities where healthcare is, is harder to access and that 
you know, where there's a small enough community, they can realistically protest the whole population. So that's something they're still working on internally, but she knows that I have expressed interest at least in being in that conversation. And I'd love your feedback about whether you think Cortez would be an appropriate grounds to do that kind of population-wide testing, if that was something that VIHA wanted to support. Um, I have been working on an article just around the, the systems navigation piece in terms of the various uh, programs available from vis various levels of government. And I do intend to put out an article in the next day or two, really mostly just with some links. But the piece that I'm mostly getting communication around from people is around housing. So just today, I asked Roy and, or and Rochelle with the Cortez Currents and National Observer to see if they would be willing to sort of dig into that piece and get to the bottom of it, because I just don't have the rigor that professional reporters do. Um, so I, I, I might have some of this wrong, but my understanding so far is that the rental agreement or the, the Tenancy Act changed a couple of years ago to actually no longer allow people to do a multi-month tenancy. And yet a lot of people still do on Cortez. It's a long-term part of our, our culture, but that it's not actually permissible for an owner to have a tenant for a number of months and then come back and occupy for a couple of months and then have a tenant for a number of months. Um, I don't know whether that's in the long-term interest or not interest of Cortez, but I understand that to be the law. So it's, it's unclear to me whether if you have an agreement potentially an illegal agreement that says you're out by June 1st, but that was a predetermined agreement, whether you truly actually need to be out by June 1st because of this no eviction situation. So I'm, I'm just not quite connecting the dots on that one yet. Um, and that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of, because a lot of people in the next month or two are looking at needing to move. And I'm wanting to offer people as much clarity as we possibly can just around what the, the rules are. Um, the new laws around that so people can navigate that to the best of their ability, both on the landlord and the tenant uh, perspective. Uh, so I think that's it for my high level update. So before we go into breakout groups, um, I would offer any questions or reflections on any of that, either unmute yourself or indicate in the chat that you have something. I see... Roy Hales, are we on the radio? I don't think so. And Russ is saying he has no video, but he's listening from Seattle. Welcome, Russ. Uh, so any thoughts on anything that I've just shared or any questions? I do have a question, Nilpa. Um, not all residents that are being um, asked to leave June 1st are for vacation rentals. Quite a few of them are for people that are coming up to use their home for the summer. And yeah. there probably is a different set of rules that apply to that, is there? And that's what I'm asking help from Roy or Rochelle to dig into. And, and I'm, I'm just not taking the time needed to sit down at my desk and really do that. But my understanding is that the Residential Tenancy Act changed a couple of years ago such that you can't actually come back yourself, even as a landowner, for a couple of months. Um, that you have to come back in a residential capacity for at least six months. Um, now, with COVID, it seems to me that you're not allowed to ask somebody to leave under almost any circumstances other than sort of by court order. So if on the face of it, I don't think people can be asked to leave hardly for anything. 
Um, You've always been allowed to um, ask tenants to leave for family members to be in the house, and I'm just wondering how that affects this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have all the answers, but we really owe it to the community to get that really clear very soon. I'm hearing from a bunch of people that they need clarity on both sides, the, you know, the owner and tenant perspective. Yeah. So Roy said he might take a dig into that. Um, thank you, Bertha. Anyone else? I see Christine, you're trying to speak. There you go. Yeah. So no, I, what I'm not clear on, and this is not what you're asking right now, no, but what I'm not clear on is moving forward tonight in the town hall meeting um, from reading what you posted on the Tideland, it looked like there was perhaps a focus on um, <clears throat> looking at neighborhood groupings or, I um, mean, that was sort of my takeaway from, from reading that. And so I'm not clear on what the breakaway groups will be. So, for instance, Desta and I have been talking quite a bit about families, and I'm not sure anybody else here tonight would be joining that group unless it might be Yasmina. So if we're breaking into those same you know, topics that we did last week, then maybe there's some value in shifting around so that there's a bit more exchange of ideas. So maybe some clarity on how tonight's moving forward would be helpful. Thanks. Sure. Sure. Thank you. Sorry to, to not be clear. The The article I put up a couple of days ago, uh, just bringing it up here, was suggesting, based based on a suggestion from, from a few of you, uh, that we have a discussion specifically uh, all of us on this one question um, that was at the top of my article said, in the face of potentially long-term social distancing orders, which I'm now hearing from many levels of governments and health authorities, whether that's six weeks or two years, depending on who you hear this from, um, how can we seed social well-being both individually and collectively? So my, my invitation was that that is the conversation that we all have in breakout groups, in random breakout groups. Um, so I'm not in any way suggesting that we don't follow the, all of the orders that are being given. Um, some people are saying, you know, at some point this isn't healthy. It's not worth the cost. We should come together and share food again. Certainly I'm not hearing that people are there yet. And others believe that it's absolutely critical to do absolutely everything that we've been told absolutely as long as possible because, you know, caring for our vulnerable is the, the utmost. And there's people on the spectrum everywhere in between. So my invitation for our discussions today is just um, let's begin that conversation about how we might find ways of being well, both individually and as a community in this new era. So some people have suggested maybe we come together in the school field six feet apart and, um, and do something together. Uh, somebody else said that they knew of an, uh, an eco village that staked out their whole parking lot and that family groups who were already in contact with each other, each had a table and people were being super careful, but at least you could see each other. Others are suggesting neither of those are responsible, but we could have much more interactive online spaces. I know that Desta and Christine have been doing some of that before family and, and children. Um, others are saying, you know, at some point this isn't worth the cost and we just need to carry on and find ways of protecting our most vulnerable. So how can we identify or how can people self-identify if they really don't want to be exposed and how can we be doing everything to uh help them with firewood and deliver their groceries and wear gloves and, and the rest of us go on with, with a full life. And 
does that happen in, do, you know, do people start making those decisions in a few weeks or a few months or a year? I'm not giving any recommendation, but I'm hearing that this is really bubbling up for people. And so just wanting to create a space where you can speak about these things with each other and see what emerges. So I see that Bernice raised your hand. Bernice, do you want to speak? Uh, yes. Yeah, I just wanted to add, I guess, a little bit to what Dr. Anderson said and what you said about testing um, is that we have been given more leeway to do testing um, based on, you know, the doctor has to assess a patient and see whether they would meet criteria. And and I just want people not to assume that um, that you can't get testing here and that, it, and that, you know, if you are unwell, do call the clinic and the doctor may, you know, recommend that you, you do have a test. So I just wanted to add that piece, you know, if you're sick, don't just assume that nobody's going to do anything Thank you, in Bernice. terms of testing. Bernice, is there any way that some, some information could be shared with the community, like how many tests have been done on Cortez? I know you can't tell us. No, I don't think so. No, but I, I think that any information that comes out has to come out through Island Health and not specifically to the clinic. Okay. Is it possible to ask Island Health, Nova, for those inf that information? Um, I can ask. I can't fathom I'd get a different answer than the clinic. Um, who... Bernice, who would I even ask about that? Would that be Charmaine or somebody more in the in the ranks? I would, I would, I would. I mean, I would start with Charmaine. Okay. Because she's, uh, yeah. Um, I I don't. I mean, they are not. They're very specifically not um, giving out information about any communities. Like even like Nanaimo, they're saying in general, this they have this many cases and this many people in the hospital in each. Um, health authority. Um, it, you know, I, I, I understand. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess the, the one thing I do understand is people say, have said to me, well, um, maybe it would make everybody take it more seriously, like assuming that there is a, um, a, a large enough population of people that aren't taking it seriously and aren't doing the social distancing and hand washing, et cetera. Um, mostly it's, I think the idea is that we should just assume that it is here and act accordingly. And if knowing that your next door neighbor has COVID is going to change your behavior, then you should change your behavior now in terms of, of doing those things. So they're not giving out information for communities. So I'm sure, but you can ask Dr. Enns. Sure. <laughs> and I think if they're not doing that for Nanaimo, they certainly wouldn't do it for a community of our size just to protect the privacy of, uh, what do they call oh, like baby. population statistics? Yeah. Or something or I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Bill Weaver just put a, a COVID tracing link. Bill, did you want to speak to that in the chat? Um, only that, you know, there are always privacy concerns, but that these two kind of giants are trying to work together in a certain way that will 
will let you know if somebody in your your nearby field is it has had contact with somebody that has caught COVID, and they're working a lot on um, the privacy considerations right now. And I and I still don't understand it completely, but I just thought it was uh, worth putting up just so we could all look at it because. Um, Something like that may, with limited or proper use, actually help a lot over this next year or however we're going to have to be dealing with one another. Okay, so people can take a look at that link. I just tried it. It does work. Thank you, Bill. Sure. Um, I did get a, a note from Mary Lavelle from the SCCA saying that it would be valuable to know from those of you on the call, uh, just in support of of the board's consideration at the CCHA and the SCCA, whether you thought it was a value to have a systems navigator position here in the community, especially one that provided uh, in-person support. So I don't know if you can give a thumbs up or thumb down. If you think that is a, a useful thing to be doing here at, at a community level. Uh, so it would. The idea is that it's you could phone in, you could email in, you could come into person to to speak to an individual, essentially at the end of a hotline, to say anything from "Hey, how do I access said government program?" to "Here's my situation. What am I eligible for?" or uh, "I can't renew my car insurance. What do I do?" or anything in this realm to support people who aren't super familiar with these systems. So I'm getting a career. Karina, thumbs up. Andrea, Basil, Mickey, Chris, Andy. I'm not seeing any thumbs down so far. Christine. Usually when you plug in, you cut out. Maureen. Okay, so I'm assuming that that is a majority good idea. I'll let, um, I'll let the boards respectively know that. Okay, it's almost six. Any other questions or thoughts about that intro stuff? Thanks, Lala. See you. Okay, seeing none, is there anybody here that would like to be part of a family breakout group answering this question around if this is our long-term, mid-term situation around social distancing, how do we see well-being? Does anyone want to go with Christine and Desta in a family space and have that discussion? Remember my Somebody has just entered the waiting room. Claudia, yeah. Lella wants to. Lella, you're saying you want to be a part of the family discussion? Yasmina, too. Yasmina, too. Claudia, also. So that's the thing, it's a little dialogue box. It's a Windows 10 thing. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> tell Howie to mute. We can hear you, Howie and Sean, at the radio. Good, thank you. Good luck with that. Um, I don't know which other groups there are yet, so I. I well, I think beyond here, unless there's some, unless you say, "Hey, I want to be in a Welltown group," or "I want to be in a, some other self-identified group," it'll be random beyond that. But if you would like to offer some other group, let me know. Otherwise, you'll just go with a few great people. Uh, I missed a piece because I was trying to figure out how to activate my audio. Um, are we going to have a food security group also? 
No, no. The, okay. The, there's one one topic for discussion today, um, right. and we're just going to break into a few different groups so we can have that discussion and then come back together and share some of the the highlights, if you will. Fine. Thank um, you. I'm just saying the families want to talk together. Are there any other sort of subgroupings of that? I'm not hearing any. So I'm what I'm seeing, Andrea, is that Christine and Yasmina and Desta and Lella and Claudia wanted to be in, in the family group together. And I think the rest of us could just go random. Is that five names you just gave? Claudia, Desta, Lella, Yasmina, and Christine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Uh, Thank you. And do, how long do you want them? 15 minutes? Um, what do you guys think? I think 15 is a little short. You want half an mm -hmm. hour less, 20 minutes? We could be done before seven, whatever your wish is. Let's go 20. Okay. I think that sounds fair. Let's go 20. And then I invite somebody to self-identify at the beginning of your breakout group who is just going to take some highlight notes who are willing to then report back to the big group with some of your best ideas or thoughts or summaries of your conversation. Sound clear? So again, the question is, in the face of potentially long-term social distancing orders, how can we seed social well-being both individually and collectively? It's a pretty open-ended one. See you back here in 20 minutes. Oh, and just te technically, if for whatever reason you feel really uncomfortable in the group that you're in, you got stuck with the person you just can't handle being in a group with or whatever, um, Andrea, there's some way where you can just exit group. Is that right? And then you'll get punted back into a way yeah. that Andrea can reassign you to a different group. Right? How, how do I get to the group in the first place, Noba? Andrea will plunk you there. Okay. <laughs> and if you really don't like it, just exit yourself and she'll reassign you. At this point, everyone went into breakout sessions, and Cortez Radio broadcast from its playlist. We returned to the audio after the group reconvened. The first 30 seconds of conversation that follows were not broadcast over the radio. Christine Robinson was speaking, and at the point of transition, her voice suddenly becomes much clearer. I'm wondering uh, if someone wants to speak from the family group first, about just a little summary about what was discussed. Did you assign um, someone, or could someone volunteer? Well, I, I mean, I think it, I can do this unless somebody wants to to do it for me. I've, I've made the notes, so... Um, one of the, I mean, we first did a quick check-in and then just sort of identified some of the fears that are coming up for people and, and just how there are different points of view and different perspectives on what science is saying and therefore how to respond to the different perspectives. Um, and that there was some relief in talking about the possibility of this being long-term. Um, so um, there's, you know, deep concerns for children and their social well-being if there is an extension of, of this isolation. Um, and um, 
I think that one of the suggestions that, that we discussed quite a bit was the idea of potting with other families, where there might be two or three families who group together um, with similar values and, and have clearly identified the protocols that they would all adhere to, and that would allow for um, some socializing between children and also support for parents, recognizing that, um, you know, different parents and different families have different needs and some parents either on their own because they're they're single parenting trying to work how do they do that if they're also doing their own child care um, a concern and uh, and a strategy for um, cultivating children's imagination was to work on storytelling and creating imaginary friends which helps you know children with their 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 social well-being um, and um, just, um, I think we all came to um, uh, um, an agreement that really if there was more testing on Cortez, it opens up the possibilities of, of how to move forward. When everybody's in the dark, not knowing who might um, be carrying or not carrying, then, then everybody's coming from a place of fear and it's very difficult to do anything other than to be completely self-isolated. So if there is any possibility of, of a small community like ours knowing how to move forward with the fact that it's clear who's positive and not, as is happening in other countries, then it opens up many possibilities. So. Thank you, Bertha, for joining us. Thank you, Christine. Zyla went back downstairs. Um, I, I just share very briefly from my perspective on the family pieces, uh, the hardest by far for me in all of this, I, I quite like being alone in my garden, I'm totally fine, but the hardest is having Zyla be around people she loves and she can't touch, and that's weird. And I'd rather have a small group of really normal than a large group of weird. I don't want to create that being how we are with each other at such a young and printable age. So it's like, how do we create spaces that cultivate a yummy normal, whatever that, whatever that is. Thank you so much for reporting out on that group. And there was another two and groups Bernice, that merged. Bernice just has her hand up there, Nova. Great, Bernice. Yeah, um, I just wanted to speak to what Christine said um, about, you know, more testing. Um, I, I think that the expectation of what testing would do isn't really what testing will do. Um, I actually listened to Brian Goldman this afternoon on that topic. He talked, um, with, a um, another physician about testing and what the different kinds of testing actually means. And, um, I, I don't think that, you know, that would, would give you what you want in terms of like, oh, we're fine here um, and, and we can get back to normal. We're not at that point with any kind of testing anywhere. So um, have a listen to that. It was on his, um, it wasn't on White Coat Black Art, it's his other podcast um, about, about testing. So I'll shut up. Well, no, thank you, Bernice, for that. And if you can remember where that podcast was and put it in the chat, that would be great, or send it to me and I can put it online. Um, one question to you as a follow-up then on that, Bernice, and then I see Howie has his hand up, is um, 
would testing at least allow people to know if they had had COVID already and therefore could be useful to um, go into vulnerable, perhaps seniors' homes and assist them knowing that they weren't going to get it? Could they be of service to the community if they know that they had had it? Or are we looking at the uh, occurring situation? No, I don't. I don't think that kind of testing is available yet. Um, they're certainly working on that because um, it's, it is really important for, for the community to know, um, communities to know who, who would be safe in the future, say, um, but we're not at that point with testing, I don't believe. Okay. Uh, the podcast was called The Dose. That's, that's Brian Goldman's other podcast. And that was on, on the CBC. The dose, D-O-S-E, uh, by Brian Goldman. Okay. Um, yeah. Howie and then Karina, yeah. I think, with their hands up. He said. Thank you. Uh, Howie, you're up if you want to speak. Uh, I... oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Karina, <laughs> you want to share something? Uh, you have to unmute yourself, Karina, if you want to talk. Yeah, I would love it if there would be testing available, but um, the virus mut mutates. So then you have another one, you know, that goes like that with flu strands too. You have been, people have been vaccinated for five and then mutant number six uh, gets them. So you will never really know, right? I mean, it will give some safety maybe, but no total, total safety. So we still have to deal with not knowing. Hmm. Okay, so we had two groups, I think, that merged apart from the family group. Does anyone or two want to share from that, those groups or that merged group? I'd just like to add something to that um, issue about testing. I don't think that the assumption that that not knowing equates with fear. I don't think it does. I think it not knowing is simply not knowing. And how you handle not knowing is an individual thing. But I don't think it automatically translates into fear. And that's what I would like to say there. Thank you for that, Andy. Very well put. And <clears throat> I noticed that Yasmina said that her partner Justin has something to say about eviction. So we'll we'll get to that after the reporting out before we close. Anyone else want to share what happened in the groups? Um, I can talk about um, a very quick summary of of the group that I was in, which was group two, I think. Um, we we really all felt the, the need to see people and to to be with people. And some people were being kind of creative about, you know, taking a picnic down to the beach and sitting at a distance and consuming their picnic in the company of others. And, and now that the weather's nice, you can you can do that more. Um, but the consensus, I think, was that we can't sort of let that sneak into um, letting our guard down and that that's important to remember um, as well that, you know, there has to be a balance between continuing to do what we're doing um, in terms of being distant 
uh, but finding ways that we could be distant actually in the company of other people. And um, the concept of play came up as being very important to some people of that needing to play and that maybe there was a safe way to organize some some games like bocce, I think was mentioned, you know. So I think that's what our group, <laughs> a summary of our group. Anybody else want to add anything? Um, I'll add something briefly then. Certainly, the, the before the two groups merged, I was in the other one, Bernice, and, and this notion of bocce, or as somebody said, cornhole, where you throw a beanbag into a hole in a board 30 feet away, or um, BYO everything, picnic in the school field, or the hollyhock, or the beach, or the whatever, the various ways of doing that. Um, but as a mom of a little one, very hard to bring your little ones to that very, very hard to do that and have that be anything other than super weird. So that's a great thing to do as adults or as teenagers or as older kids. Um, so then I, I ask for creative ideas about what do you do with younger ones? Or is there some really sweet way of bringing younger ones into that and, and having it be a game, having it be some fun new way of being for a little while rather than being weird? We play the no touch game all the time, but it's hard when you see people, it's easier with stuff. Hmm. Well, I was watching my um, my tenant Steve with his two little girls um, playing cornhole this afternoon, and he was pacing out three paces from the board so that they could throw. And the girls themselves were pacing out three paces and they were even smaller so I think, and they were having a good time. And Steve, Steve has a way of making things magic. And, um, the, you know, I, I think creativity is in good supply around here. We don't have to worry too much. Or how do we put together an offering or two to the community in a way that feels responsible or is it premature? Do we just talk about this for another few weeks? Either way is fine. Well, I offered to help organize a, um, uh, um, a Bocce tournament. I'm looking for somebody to help out. So I'll just put that out there. Okay, Bocce tournament, Andy and a friend, Yasmina, you wanted to share something? I started typing um, just that I think this is a good start, but there's so much more to, so many more layers we could talk about <laughs> in this. Yeah, it's such a big question. How, how are we going to move forward in the days to come? Um, so I, I think it's an awesome start, and I think there's we could keep talking about it. So do you have suggestions around other ways to keep talking about it? Other formats, other spaces, other times, other mm. invitations? Well, I had, I mean, I think I shared this with you, Nova, and it might just be a daydream, but I'll share my daydream here for a moment. It was just like people coming together actually in real time, like maybe in a field and probably not with children. I wouldn't bring Joseph, but so that we could really keep our space. But 
to just like throw around ideas, just like like have an ideas cafe that's really organic and just like sit there with each other, whoever wants to show up and throw some ideas around about what the future of this could look like. And um, and maybe not even like just maybe not hyper focused on like strategizing the Corona situation, but just like like a bigger, wow, like what opportunities is this offering? What are the golden, you know, whatever, what are the gems that are being offered out of this um, really intense situation? And what are, what are the, like you just talked about creativity, Andy, and I know that there's a lot of it on this island. So I personally would love to just have a, an ideas cafe where people just actually saw each other, but just start, you know, you know, I'm sure it could get really out there <laughs> on this island, but just have an ideas cafe. What, what, what's bubbling up, you know, cause there can, there can be fears or strategizing. There can be, um, you know, like really practical stuff. And I'd love to have an ideas cafe that's just around what are your wildest dreams that are coming up out of this? Like the gems that could come out of this situation for the, just this island, you know, that's what I'd like to, that's something I'd like to do. Yes, great. Yeah, like me that. too. I think that's fabulous. I want to be part of that. Yeah. So, Andrea, I see you turn your video off. Uh, I'm just going to share that Andrea and I had a moment in the sort of waiting room before you all coming back. And um, I was wondering what spaces might be available on Cortez. And I was saying the school field, but maybe actually we're not allowed to go to the school field because the school board shut it down. I don't know. And so I just asked Andrea, would there be a space at Hollyhock? And I, I don't, we didn't get to the answer, but I asked that of you here. Yeah, of course. We, we just have to figure out a way to do it safely. That's all. And we just haven't had the time to figure that out yet. But it is part of our conversations for this week. And what Noba and I were talking about was we have some lovely musicians uh, staying with us on campus that are renting from us. And they are creating beautiful live music every day. And to be able to have an outdoor concert where we could space people out and they could sit or dance, but in their own little private sections um, was what I was picturing this morning as like a beautiful offering. I don't have the official answer for you yet, but I will have it soon. Or any other ideas from mm -hmm. people about where, where we would gather? Well, um, I, I'm thinking of, you know, sort of community neighborhoods. Um, and I mean, I can't speak for Bill, but Bill's been so generous with space at the Gorge. And given that, that you know, there are not a lot of tourists coming, I'm thinking of the field, the volleyball field or somewhere in that area where, um, you know, you could probably have, you know, 15 people. I mean, I think maybe there, there, there becomes a maximum number whereby it's hard to keep the, the distancing done carefully. But um, the beauty of coming together like that rather than doing what we're doing now is there's a certain contrived discussion. We're always, we're careful not to talk over someone else. And this is, there, there's huge value in, in doing this on a weekly basis, Nova, but I think as, uh, as little Saren said when we were talking, there's nothing quite the same as, uh, uh, you know, physical presence. Um, and I'm just, you know, thinking also about music and Andy and, and the number of musicians we have on Cortez. And what's to stop 
busking from happening, you know, at the co-op or, you know, places where people, like the stores or where people are, you know, moving through. And what's to stop having a, an individual musician come and play for half an hour, um, you know, and have that has a rotating um, activity so that, because there is something magical about live music and it just uplifts the soul. So I, I would say that's a really fantastic idea that I bet will mushroom on Cortez. And then I think in terms of spaces, we've, I think the school field could be made available. I don't think there's a problem there. I'm happy to check with the school staff because it would be out. I think the one thing that's difficult is it can't be anywhere near playground equipment because if there are children there, then they will gravitate towards any playground equipment. And, and that's where there's an issue. So we've got several open spaces that Good. just have, yeah, let's just have it circulate around the island. There's the schoolhouse gallery field as well. Bill, I saw you, you came on. Christine was wondering whether if we were to have a limited in-person gathering <clears throat> in some staked out socially distance appropriate way, whether um, the field at the marina might be one of those spaces around the island that we might gather. Yeah, I can't see that as really being an issue. And um, I did actually talk to the art gallery today about maybe doing some of their shows as art in the park. And since we don't anticipate to have tenting, for instance, they might be able to use the very back tenting area for that. Then they could still do some shows and not have everybody jammed in together. So there's lots of options. Just we just need to use our imaginations to come up with them. So who is the we? Is this us? Is this some formal society? Is this whoever shows up? Is there a creative come together artsy collective? Is What do we do from here, folks? Yeah, to me, I think it's a bit early. I, I don't know, somebody else mentioned, uh, it was Yasmina, I believe. You know, For me, I need more time to ruminate. I, I like this forum right here. I'm, uh, maybe numerous forums like this, uh, so it's a little more regular. For my mind to kick into the right gear, I need to be immersed in something for a little while before my creative juices really start to show up. Uh, that's just me, but... Uh, well, we've been this. Yeah, we all respond so differently. That's the beauty of it. I just want to put it out that I have um, a nice lawn and I've got a, a, a meadow that's quite spacious. If we're looking for a place to gather, I have space. Thank you. It occurs to me nobody's mentioned Smelt Bay, which to me looks like an inviting place. Except that the other than the oh, beach the park is closed. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's enforcement. Right, but you're not technically supposed to go there. <laughs> no. I forgot. Sorry, that's why nobody else mentioned it. Well, is the is the actual beach closed? No, no. So I mean, at low tide, there's tons of space, but maybe that's not. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's better places, but. I mean, the fact that these parks are closed is, you know, that's designed to discourage exactly what you're suggesting we do. I just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Um, and I'm aware that it is an across the province situation and we are in um, 
an incredible luxury of having spaciousness that so many other places don't have, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and so perhaps this is an early seed of a conversation that's a month too early. That's fair. I think we need to move a little bit. A month and Yasmina might have been ready a week ago and here we are, right? <laughs> There's the breadth of things. Yeah, it, it, it could be too early. I just wanted to plant the seed and, and you know, everyone's coming up with all sorts of really good points. So I, I'm not gripped onto this. It was just a, just a thought. Thank you. I wouldn't want to see it go another month, Nova. I think um, many of us have uh, reached a state of um, uh, the limits of our tolerance for self-isolation and uh, another month sounds like an eternity. I think we should try to move a bit quicker than that. My suggestion is maybe we do this call again next week with the specific goal of, of coming up with practical things that we can move on now. And um, we have a week to, to think about it. And, um, and that could be a good, to me, a good agenda for, for next week's conversation. One thumbs up there. Um, Chris, you were, I don't remember your exact words, you were saying having these kinds of discussions more regularly. Do you mean more regularly than weekly? I'm certainly happy to do that. Would you like to see this every few days or did you mean weekly? Well, you know, uh, I'm okay with whatever anybody wants, but uh, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if, if I want to try and access my creativity in this very strange situation, I would need to be immersed in it on a fairly regular basis mm -hmm. before I'd even come up with anything uh, worth mentioning. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know, that's just the way my mind works. But um, so in, in, that, in that sense, more than once a week would be uh, advisable for me anyway, two, two to three times a week. That might not be realistic. I get that. Well, one thing, I mean, lots of people have a lot of time, um, so that's not unrealistic for some at all. Uh, I wouldn't want this to become the dominant topic for the weekly discussions forever, because there's lots of other things that will emerge. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm more than happy to have whoever wants to show up as a bit of a working group to figure out how to come together physically in a good way and have a conversation Wednesday at one or Saturday at three or whatever time you might want and take this offline and then report back in. So there's, you know, there's all kinds of different formal societies and, and groupings of societies working on various pieces. And this could be a more in, informal or morphic community citizens piece that could go off and then report back in on those Tuesday public meetings. Happy to support that. Mm. Um, so I am noting it's almost seven. I, I do want to honor the seven and thank you, Andrew. You just reminded me that, um, Justin had a piece to say around housing. Yasmina, did you want to bring him in? Yeah. <laughs> now he's on the phone about it. I think all he shared with me. Do you want to say your piece, honey, for a second? We're about to go offline. I think all he found out while we were talking, he went online and just went through it all and that they can't kick, they just, they can't ask you to leave for any, at any time for any reason right now. That's just, 
anytime for any reason you can't leave <laughs> it's justin i just hello hello my name is justin for those of you who don't know me we're about to go offline um i just i came across some info about evictions and i thought i would share it with you or you can send the um link but i just would read real quick here yeah, um, evictions most evictions are not allowed during the state of emergency notices to end tenancy cannot be given for any reason during the state of emergency in exceptional in exceptional circumstances a landlord may apply directly to the residential tenancy branch to end the tenancy landlords cannot give notice to end tenancy for unpaid rent or utilities cause landlord or purchaser use end of employment as a caretaker end of employment if the rental unit is being rented as a condition of employment demolition renovate renovation and conversion of a rental unit uh, and failure to qualify for rental unit in subsidized housing. so my understanding is that they're just saying only for like exceptional circumstances yeah so and i can send a link it's um you can put it on I'll, I'll type it in here that is absolutely my understanding the only um question that i don't have a super clear answer to is if you entered into a multi-month lease from september to june 1st or whatever it was yeah. which i don't think is legal in and of itself um you the landlord then wouldn't be ending tenancy due to covid it would be a pre-arranged arrangement and so there was a question about whether you could still be asked to leave on June 1st. And I, for two reasons, I don't think so, but I'm wanting somebody to, to double check that. Thank you, Justin. Um, so is it safe to say that the eight, 12, 14 of us that have sat here for an hour and a half on this particular topic are keen enough to have this particular conversation again sometime before next Tuesday? Um, I guess if you would like to do that, let me know. I would need your emails or no, I don't know how I would do this. Andrea, help. So I'm seeing Yasmina, yes. Chris, yes. Lella, yes. Anyone else want to do this again before Tuesday, specifically on this gathering piece? I, I just think I need a little bit more time to think about it, but I don't know. So let me know if you do. Okay. Uh, Karina or Jess or Roy or Desta. You're not I'm in favor of the week next Tuesday. And and we could do it on you know Sunday or Monday, giving you all the spaciousness to think about it. But I'm saying I don't think I want to at this moment commit to next week's topic being specifically this. I'm trying to allow this Tuesday space to have new emergence as things come up. So we could certainly get together on Sunday or Monday. I, so I I'm think I'm in a path. Um, that was Roy. So Andy, you might be in for... I'm, I might be in. Okay. So yeah, if you could just let... And then I'll decide. Okay. So perhaps what I should do then is um, report out. Uh, Howie's done a fantastic job. Thank you, Howie. I really want to acknowledge that. You put notes out from these meetings before I can, and then I get around to them, and there's no point because you've covered them so well. So thank you. 
you're saving me a piece of work. Um, so, Roy, between you and I, we'll coordinate. But certainly letting people know that there will be another call Sunday or Monday on this particular topic. Um, do we want to invite people publicly beyond this to join us? Or just have this group go deeper and people that you want to specifically invite? How do we do round two? Round two of this one. The more the merrier. No. I agree. I don't want anybody on the island to feel that this is an exclusive club that is meeting on Tuesday nights. There it is, Sean. Yeah. I'm these two to go. Andrea agrees. Um. <laughs> You're talking about the specific breakout group, aren't you? You're not talking about yeah, Tuesday nights? No. The, the yeah. Tuesday will, will be a different topic next week, and I really invite your thoughts around what we should be doing as a community next week. Um, and I'm suggesting that this group then, I'm hearing, I think, people build the, the, the thumbs up to. I'm hearing that even on this topic, people want to keep it open. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do I just pick a time or do we pick a time together to meet in five or six days as a subgroup? Well, no, I'm probably not going to join this one, but I would just say Monday because who knows how people still like to hold on to their weekends. Um, and I think that sometimes if it's too open, where do you start? So I think you should just pick a time and then make it public a public invitation for anybody else to come and join that particular focus group. And this is what you're coming together to talk about. Okay. So I, unless somebody says otherwise, and I'm really happy to have otherwise input right now, I'm going to say Monday at one. Does that not work for somebody who wants to be part of that conversation? Monday. Okay, Monday at one. Um, Thank you. I will create a specific Zoom link that you'll have to pre-register for. I think I won't drag Hollyhock into this one because we won't have more than 100 people. I'll do this on my Zoom account. Um, I'll send that out to those of you, to Yasmina, Chris, Lella, Andy, and Claudia specifically by email, um, as well as a public post inviting anyone to join, and Karina too. Well, why would you, my, yeah, I, I won't commit, but I'm, I might be there. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not exclusive. It's just something that you get directly. Thank you all. Be well. Enjoy the sun. Plant your seeds. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, bye. Thanks, Nova. Uh, yeah. Thank you. 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 Well, see, with it, up until now, I would say it was necessary. Yeah. This last one was... Um, a little bit, yeah. I don't know. I think it was okay that I asked um, Josh about who it's